So I've just learned from my own what works for me to not give people bits and pieces of a story. And I refuse to read bits and pieces of a story. If somebody's like, oh, can you please tell me what you think of this? My own kids, can you please tell me what you think of this? No, give me the whole thing and then I'll tell you what I think so I can see the, the big picture. I don't want to give you advice on something that's going to change, you know, down the road. This is Taylor Stevens, the New York Times bestselling and award-winning author of the kick-ass Vanessa Michael Monroe thrillers, and this is The Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt, one word at a time. Taylor, are you intentionally using, like, some new sexy voice? (laughs) No, I'm sick. (laughs) It's very Lauren Bacallish. The deep deep husky, whiskey smoker (laughs) voice, right? Okay, well, today... We had uh, a couple weeks ago, we asked a question about advice, and the response we got was so great. There were so many good responses. We would typically, we would just cover a few of them in the intro to a show, but we had so many of them, we decided to do an entire show, um, just the different kinds of advice that, that people have had and share some thoughts on, on their thoughts. So does that sound good? That sounds good to me. Um, so we have no chit chat today. This the whole show is is chit chat. There's the little. There will be some writing advice in here, but it's all sort of contained in this best and worst advice that that other people have had and uh, sent in to us in a variety of ways. I have some chit chat. You do? <laughs> yes. Well, it was just a you thought. have totally blown the show format. <laughs> I'm sorry, Steve. Please forgive me. <laughs> As you said before we were getting started, well, it's not like we're professionals. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just came to mind, and I was like, I don't know where we would fit this in the show. So just in case, um, you know, like you said, we got so much of a response from this last show, and it was awesome. And as I was reading the responses on Facebook, um, in my feed, I was noticing that some of the people who were responding to me or to in, in the Taylor Stevens fan club group on Facebook are also responding to each other on some of their own posts and other groups that different people belong in. And I realized this is my favorite part of this. When I see people who either came to learn about me from somebody else or who found friends and other like-minded souls from listening to the show or from interacting on the fan club group, it makes me so happy. It's almost like this little family <laughs> of friends <laughs> that is growing, and, and I love it. And it was just like, ah. So anyway, that's my chit-chat. It is. It's very cool. And it, and it actually, it becomes challenging to go back a week or so after the fact and try and dig out these little gems that people have left because they're not just posting them as comments or or as posts. They're posting them as comments to things that other people have said. So there are these great conversations inside the group, and it, you're right. It is, it is really super cool. Okay, so what we will do is sort of go back and forth between best advice and worst advice because that's sort of the way we got it. Um, the first, the first person we're going to 
read advice from is Pete Dudley. And, and Pete did say that we could use his name. We asked that. Uh, we've asked that over the course of the last couple episodes. If you're going to leave a comment or something that, that we might want to share on a, on a future episode, please let us know whether or not it's okay to use your name. Pete said you can use uh, my name, so we're doing that. The best advice I've gotten is every author has a different way of writing. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like when I'm doing um, speaking events and stuff, and people are always asking me about the way, you know, how do I do this? And I constantly have to reinforce the understanding that there is no right way. And everybody's going to find something that works well for them. And all you can do is see if somebody else's advice works for you, but it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you if it doesn't. And it's interesting when you read a lot, and I probably read a little bit more than you do, wink, wink. Um, <laughs> Not so probably. <laughs> uh, there are books that you'll read where the scenes are 500 words, maybe, and there's just one scene after another, one point of view change after another, and they can be super enjoyable. And then you'll read the next book, and it's entirely written in the first person. And it's super enjoyable, and then you read the next book, and it's it's all in third person, but the chapters are 5,000 words long, and, and you know, the, there's just more involved in it, and those are fun to read. So it's, yeah, there, there are all kinds of different ways of so writing that ways. can be done well. Yes. All right. Pete also offers the worst advice. And this is something that I've heard before, and I've gone through the same thing that Pete did. His worst advice is write your first draft without editing. And his, <laughs> his comment to that was, I couldn't face editing 100,000 words of raw draft. In my view, that approach is nuts. I read every new chapter to two different writers groups. Before I do, those chapters have been edited several times. I don't ask for their line editing opinions. I want to know if the story holds their interest or has maybe gone off the rails. I take their input and sometimes rewrite and reread that chapter. By editing as I go, I am learning to be a better writer and get to use the skills as I progress. So what do you think about that? Are you I know I know you edit as you go. Yeah, I think this is a perfect example of why every writer is different. If I took my own advice and just wrote that first draft without editing, I'd probably write a whole lot faster. But I'm the same. I, I just can't. It, it gets messy in my head because I don't um, use I just use a word file and I have to to keep the entire story straight in my head. And if it starts getting too scattered on the page, then I start to lose the story. So I have to go back and edit. But if I could follow my own advice, I'd, I wouldn't. And I would just get the first draft down because that's the hardest for me to do. I can't submit unfinished work to other readers. I absolutely can't. Um, part of it is because I'm very sensitive to the feedback that I get back. I want it to be helpful. And if somebody doesn't have the whole story and they try and, you know, give me advice on, well, that character this and that character that, I'm just not, just stop, just stop, just wait until you have the whole story. So I've just learned from my own uh, what works for me to 
not give people bits and pieces of a story. And I refuse to read bits and pieces of a story. If somebody's like, oh, can you please tell me what you think of this? My own kids. Can you please tell me what you think of this? No. <laughs> give me the whole thing and then I'll tell you what I think so I can see the, the big picture. I don't want to give you advice on something that's going to change, you know, down the road. So that but obviously for some people that really wouldn't work. So it's it's a really good example of how you do what's right for you. And yeah, it may depend on on what you're writing too. If you're writing an intricate thriller, uh, you could go so far off the rails by writing a hundred thousand words and then going back to see what it is you've written uh, yeah. that, that it would be almost unrecoverable. Uh, whereas if you're, I don't know, writing, I don't know, a story, a, a person's story, uh, maybe it, maybe it's a little bit easier to do it. And I've I've heard that same advice: the idea of just finish the draft, just get it done. You can't edit what's not on the page. And I think I think really where that advice is coming from, and and this holds true, especially for me, like I've learned the hard way where where to draw the line on this, is that when you really get into the the nitty gritty and the making your words beautiful and all that, if you do that on material that's not even going to be in the book at the end because you realize that that scene wasn't necessary, you've just wasted X amount of time. So. For me, even though I do have to go back and edit stuff as I write, I don't polish it. I don't do the heavy lifting edit, editing and cleaning until I've got a full story because it's a waste of time. And, and it, for me, there's nothing that sucks. Well, there's a lot of things that suck more. But in the <laughs> writing world, there are very few actual writing process things that suck more than spending a month getting you know, 20,000 words perfect and then finding out that you're only going to keep 5,000 of them. All right. The next piece of advice is from David Kessler, and there's a lot, there's a lot in here, so uh, give me a minute to read it. My advice on advice. At a comfortable turtle's pace, one can take the overlap of multiple suggestions as a foundation for their own personal plan of action. I mean, it works for me. Beware advice from anyone who turned around only halfway up the mountain because it's too hard. They were doing something wrong, or they didn't have your tenacity. The advice that comes from me asking for it, the stuff with the undertone of, well, here's what works for me, that's my favorite. And then he, he has a most annoying after that, so we'll, we'll get to that second. But that's the first part. I, that's, that's really interesting, because I'm a, I'm a part of a group right now that is growing like crazy. It's a writer's group, and... Every week there are 300 new people in there, and it's gone from a group of people who really know what they're doing, offering advice, to a group of people who may or may not have a clue what they're doing, offering just random shoot-from-the-hip advice based on their vast experience of, as David put it, <laughs> making it halfway up the mountain. Right. Yeah, and and as a as a newcomer, it can be really different difficult sometimes to be able to figure out what's what if you don't know. Like if you know even less than the person who's made it up halfway up the mountain, sometimes it can be a bit of a challenge to figure out who actually knows what they're talking about. If especially in a group like that when you're not familiar with who all the different people are and what they've accomplished in their lives so far. And um I think what he was saying about advice, a lot of advice totaled over a long period of time taken as a whole can help direct you. And I think that's directly in perhaps directly in response to what I was saying about how it can become a flood and you don't want to just start chasing and chasing and chasing like 
you got this device advice on Monday and on Wednesday you're already following some other advice because that's the new advice and that can be dangerous. But if you hear the advice on Monday and you hear the advice on Wednesday and you hear the advice on Friday and you're just listening and absorbing, then over time, slowly over time, as you continue on your path, you can learn something and draw from it and take it as part of a big picture instead of each piece of advice being the whole picture. And I especially like the way he closed, uh, the advice that comes from me asking for it, Yeah. Uh, the stuff with the undertone of, well, here's what works for me. Um, that's, that's, it, it's hard to say whether or not that's good advice because you don't know in, until you hear what the advice was. But something that's phrased that way, here's what's worked for me, is, is easier for me to digest rather than being told what to do. If, if someone phrases it in such a way that, well, you know, I tried this and it worked for me, you might want to consider it, that kind of thing. Yeah, and I also think just, I mean, it's kind of a judgment call here, but anybody who sees their own advice as here's what works for me is obviously thought about things and, and seen other people's advice as well and has found something that works for them. So it's in context. Whereas generally someone who comes along preaching that my way is the way is probably, and we covered this in, in that show, is probably missing a few pieces of the puzzle. So it's not only, I think, that it's phrased this is what works for me, which obviously is going to be helpful. But generally, somebody who phrases something like that has something helpful to say. <laughs> and his most annoying advice, and this cracked me up when I read it, the most annoying advice is the kind you get from people you didn't ask about things you had no idea you needed advice for. And then in quotes, thanks, and in brackets, insert relative here. <laughs> so yeah we've yeah. all gotten that kind of advice yeah 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 that's that's good okay uh, that was that was my call i wanted to hear people's annoying ones and i have an annoying one that i'll offer at the end of all of this so okay here's another fun one and i i will say that i've been guilty of this myself i i get annoyed by this is from carol i get annoyed from folks who know a little about what you've been doing for years and say, you should do X, Y, Z, as if you hadn't considered and dismissed the idea three years ago for a good reason. I have to remind myself that they like me enough to be invested in my success and to be patient. So it's, it's not only interesting in, in, in that it is a form of advice that we all get, uh, you know, where people will give you obvious advice to something that you would have to be a moron to not have tried. Right. But then the idea that you know, take it, take it positively because they are offering assistance. They're not just telling you what to do. And sometimes it's not even, it, they're also telling you what to write. Like you should write a story about blah, blah, blah. Um, like it would be the easiest thing in the world or that like you should just drop everything that you're doing to run off and do this other thing instead. Gary David Henderson, the most annoying advice I hear so often is write what you know. And he says, I don't hear that because it's good advice, but because so many people hear it and take it literally. Well, I'm a nurse, so I can only write about characters who are nurses, etc. That one line has probably caused more anguish, in Gary's opinion, than any other writing advice. That is, I mean, it's, it's like something that you've heard so often that it's just become fact, even though it may not be fact. 
Where did that advice originate from? I don't know. I don't. I, I bet someone knows the answer to that. Let us know where that came from. But it's... So I would really love to know the context in which that advice was originally given. Um, because I agree that sticking to what you know is going to limit your story so much. It's helpful if you have a basis for something, but it's not a prerequisite. And it will limit the storytelling so much in the same way that real-life stories very rarely make for good fiction if you're going to stick to it exactly as it happened in real life because it's, it, it doesn't work on the page to the same degree. Well, I, I know you did it because you were a knife-wielding sociopath prior to becoming an author. <laughs> She's not a sociopath. <laughs> I know. I keep saying it because it rolls off the tongue. <laughs> All right. And here's another piece of advice from someone who did not. They didn't say, don't use my name, but, but they didn't say, you can use my name. So we're not doing it because that's Taylor's rule, not my rule, Taylor's rule. <laughs> I have a good friend from college who wrote three books. He self-published them. He had a good idea, the outline of something good, but didn't feel it necessary to do any research. They are crime team in nature, and she puts crime team in quotes, but the police procedure, well, let's just say I've learned more from watching Law and & Order and CSI or Castle than from reading this book. My advice is always, Take the time and learn all you can about the subject on which you are going to write. The details do matter. Funny story. When this friend asked me to beta read, I pointed out that during the police department roll call, which he used to describe the main cast of characters, he'd use a couple of paragraphs for every person except for the sexy blonde female officer with the curvaceous figure and the brilliant mind, which took three pages. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, boy. So, yeah, I guess he had a type. Uh, yes, and sometimes those things do slip out <laughs> and then, in the writing, and you got to edit them out. And then in the comments, um, you, you mentioned the comments earlier, how someone will post something, and then there are comments. And the comments, she said, it was amusing to me. Somehow, despite him telling me to be brutally honest, he didn't find that nearly as funny as I did. <laughs> No, because it probably showed him something about himself he didn't know. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one thing about advice and critique and everything that if you ask for it, uh, you have to be prepared to take it or, or receive it in, 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 some, in some way to, to actually consider it. Yeah. And it can be one thing if you're going to people saying, oh, please be brutally honest. And in your mind, you're thinking about the writing style or about whether this character works. And then they come back with you and are brutally honest about something you never saw coming. And it just like slits you from, you know, chest to pelvis. And you're like, Oh, and you spill your guts off. Yeah. Because I wanted you to just be... weren't ready for it. And what, you know, when we say that, what we really want people to be brutally honest about is how great we are. Of course. <laughs> now, you know, honestly, there are times when I'll take something to someone and say, look, I need you to beta read this for me. And I've learned the hard way. Don't point out my typos. Don't try and line edit it for me. Don't point out little tiny quibbles or whatever. 
that's all going to get fixed later. I want to know, do the motivations make sense? Are the questions that you're left with by the end of the story that you're just like, why did that happen? Are there factual details that, that go on that you know are wrong? Are there word usages like calling cement concrete or vice versa? You know, those types of little quibbly things that people pitch a fit over that you notice, you know, those types of things that can really ruin a story. Give me the big picture stuff. Don't even worry about punctuation. Don't worry about all this other stuff. And when I read them the riot act very nicely, like this is what I'm specifically looking for, then the feedback is more helpful because readers tend to not always go into a story thinking they're, they're readers. They're not writers. They don't know what it is that you as a writer are looking for. And so their feedback might be thinking, oh, they want me to help them with their writing. No, 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 no. It's the storytelling I need help with here. So, I mean, obviously every person who's going to readers for better feedback is going to have a different thing that they're looking for. For me, that's, that's what I'm looking for because I already know the copy editors are going to mess with it. I already know that what they're reading right now is not the final version. It's going to be changed 15 times by the time mm -hmm. it's, it's through the publishing process. I need to know if I'm giving the agent and the editor my best work in terms of story. So um, being real clear on what it is that you need the feedback for can be so helpful, I have learned the hard way, in actually getting the feedback that you need. Uh, one last piece of, and this is this is giving advice. Carol called into the hotline, and I'm just going to summarize what she said and and try and tell this in the form of the same story that she did. But it, it, this has to do with with giving advice. Carol several years ago had had a head injury and and was laid up for a fairly long period of time, and she took that time to read mysteries and thrillers, because that's what she enjoyed doing. And she became pretty good at identifying a good story and, and identifying you know, some of the elements of what made a story good or what might slow down a story. And she had an author friend who asked her to help him with a manuscript. I'm saying him. It may have been her. I don't remember for sure. So he gave her the manuscript, and Carol worked with this author for months, literally months, trying to help him get it right. And there was one particular scene that she mentioned that was just a fantastic scene, a uh, very edge-of-your-seats kind of thing, and it ended. And then he went into what Carol described as 50 pages of world-building. And Carol said that she worked with him and, and tried to come up with different ways to get him to understand that this can't possibly work. You cannot do that in a book like this. It's, it's just not going to fly. And he refused to listen. And Carol took what I thought was a an amazing response to offering somewhat good advice and having that good good advice ignored. And that is that she decided she would write her own darn book. And... <laughs> So she did. And the moral of the story now, several years later, is that she has made a lot of money selling books and 
following her own advice or, you know, not she does not follow just her own advice. I I phrased that poorly. Carol's is is really big on education. She listens to podcasts and takes courses and and really works hard on her craft. But it's interesting the way she turned that whole situation around where she was offering really sound advice to someone and they weren't taking it. So she just took her own advice and wrote her own wrote her own darn book. Brava. Yeah. Very good. Good story. Yes. And uh, Bruce Cantwell, we're going to finish with this, and then we'll get to your annoying advice. This one just cracked me up when I read it in the group because I I write mysteries, and I have, you know, when I tell people what I read, you know, I tell people who are far more sophisticated than I, um, oh, well, what do you read? Well, I like to read mysteries and thrillers. Oh, well, you know, I, I only read nonfiction. So you know you know who you're talking to with those. But Bruce's most annoying advice is when people – he tells people he writes mysteries, and they say, oh, well, I don't read mysteries. They bore me. But with that being said, here's what you should do. Oh, <laughs> so yes. they can be both condescending and provide bad advice at, bad at advice the, same, at the, same, at the yes. same time. So that is super annoying. So try and top that, Taylor Stevens. Oh, I don't know that I could top that. No. Um, but I think – it mine is a little bit similar to that in um, people who know what I do. Every time there is some story they hear that happened in real life to someone or some major news event, it's like, that's the story you should be writing. You should go write that person's story. And I'm like, why? Because it's interesting. People would read it. They just did. It's in the news. No, I mean, you should, you should make a whole book about it. Why? But just think about all the money you would make. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it's not how it works. You know, I'm not going to spend a year of my life putting something together that I don't even know if it'll work. I don't know if there's like, I've got to research the subject. I've got to go, you know, dig into it. I've got to build the story. But why would I do that when I'm, I've already got this other stuff that I'm working on? Well, well, I mean, it's just, it's really good. That's the story you should write. You really should go investigate that guy. He's an amazing person. Why don't you go investigate that guy? He's an amazing person. It just, oh, my God. Like, stop telling me what I need to do. <laughs> this has been fun. <laughs> <laughs> I've really enjoyed this. I, I thank you so much for everybody who, who, sent, who sent comments in. And if we didn't read your comments, it is entirely my fault because I couldn't find them all in the group. So I, I, I spent all the time that I could prior to the show going in and looking for all of them, there were specific comments that I remembered uh, as, as really being fantastic, but I just couldn't find them. I don't know whether yeah, they were deleted or, or, or what. Yeah. So if anybody's deleting stuff, because sometimes someone will post something and then there'll be a long thread underneath it. And then if they change their mind about having posted it, it will lose everything underneath it. So um, I don't know if that happened or what, but just, if you're if you put some answer if you answered our our question and it's not on here it's really i promise you it is not because we didn't think it was worthy all right do we have a listener question for this week 
<laughs> Normally, the listener question is a follow-up, something that we'd already been talking about advice-wise, and this whole show is on listener questions. So, let's go um, Let's go old school and have a right. call to action. And the call to action is you've heard us talk about the, the, the Taylor Stevens fan club group uh, throughout the show today. I happen to know that there are people out there who listen to us on a regular basis who aren't in the group. If you're not in the group, if you're on Facebook, um, look it up. Taylor Stevens Fan Club. It's what? Not the author, not the web star, something yes. like that? And and I did get an email from one person saying that, you know, I'm, I'm not real Facebook savvy and I've looked and I can't find it. And if that happens, just drop me an email at contact at taylorstevensbooks.com and I'll send you a link. It, it, it Sometimes, I guess for some people, um, based on if they're used to finding groups, it can be a little bit tricky. So, yeah, if you can't find it, it, you're not alone and you're not dumb. And I'll send you a link. It should be easier for you to get hooked up that way. There are groups um, all the time that I can't find. People tell me about them and I go looking and I just can't find them because there's so many things that are so similar. Yeah, And uh, you just get this hodgepodge of responses and you just go, I, I can't find it. So anyway, that is our show for this week. Taylor, thank you for being with us, coming out of the sick bed, to uh, coming off your sick bed to do the show this week. I wouldn't miss it for the world. We'll be back next week. See you with you next week, guys. Thanks so much for being here.